So what's the simplest way to immediately transform the direction of your life? I'm going to tell you in this episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and you're listening to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to help you begin and build a life-changing morning routine. Now, each episode of this show is dedicated to one of the three areas of a great morning routine, and those are God time, plan time, and move time. Now, if you're not familiar with Hello Mornings, I would love for you to head over to hellomornings.org and download our three-minute morning routine. It's going to give you everything you need to get started with a powerful morning routine in just three minutes. Crazy, but true. Now, today we're talking about growth mindset. And you might be thinking, what in the world is that? And what does that have to do with my morning routine or my walk with God? Everything. It has everything to do with it. If you were one of my kids, there was there would be a quote that you would know by heart. And that is, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's courtesy of Henry Ford. And the idea is, if you believe you can do it, there is the possibility that you can do it. If you don't believe that you can do it, there's not really a possibility that you're going to do it because you're not even going to try. So the mindset that we have, the perspective that we have can make or break our growth. It can make or break how much we believe that God can do what he says he can do in our lives. Now you might be thinking, well, what is a growth mindset? Well, it's really just the opposite of something called a fixed mindset. There's a great book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck that talks all about these two options. And the idea is, is that if we have a fixed mindset, we have predetermined what we can or can't do. We've decided what the ceiling is on our personal growth, whether that is athletically, whether that's in business, whether that's in relationship, in our walk with God. We have said, oh, I'm, I can't do math or I'm not a good writer. We have predetermined what the ceiling is on our abilities. A growth mindset makes one simple change, and that is adding the word yet to the end of it. I might say, I'm not good at math yet. I'm not a good writer yet. I'm not fit yet. A growth mindset has the perspective that anything is possible that I can learn, that I can grow, that I can change. Now, Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And what I love about that passage is when we put our mind on Christ, what is it that he cannot do? There's nothing. When I set my mind on myself and on my own limitations, I could fail a million times over. Now, that's not to say that we are guaranteed success in all areas of our life by any stretch of the imagination. What it is saying is that we want to live from a perspective of faith and hope rather than fear and resignation that we're just not good at something. It's just, it's basically having a growth mindset is leaving the door open, leaving the door open that I could be good at this, leaving the door open that I could grow in this area or that area. And what I encourage you to do throughout the course of this month is simply to notice. Notice when you have predetermined what you cannot do. Notice when you have predetermined whether or not you can grow in a certain area. Oh, I'm just a messy person. Oh, I'm always late. Because the words that come out of our mouth 
often determine the direction of our actions. The thoughts we think impact the feelings that we have, which impact the choices and actions that we take. So notice if you are having a fixed mindset about something or whether you are having a growth mindset. Now, this is all, you know, scientific. Let me give you some stories, some examples of how powerful it is to just set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth, to set your mind on what is possible and not thinking about what is not possible. My favorite story, hands down probably, of from the Olympics, which is a favorite of mine, is Laura Wilkinson, which I had the honor of interviewing her on this podcast a few months ago. Definitely go check out that episode because her story is fantastic. She loves Jesus. She is just wonderful. And her story is remarkable. So before the Olympic trials, this is back just before 2000, she broke her foot. And she is a diver, a platform diver. You're diving from 30 feet up in the air. You can't dive on a broken foot from 30 feet up in the air. So this was just weeks before the U.S. Olympic trials. She could have taken the perspective, well, I can't dive. But instead, she said, yet. And what she and her coach did was they decided that she would mentally practice her dive. She would walk through them in her head and if possible in her body as well. So she would, with the cast on, she would climb up the steps to the platform 30 feet above the water. She would go through every single step of her routine, never jumping off the platform, never actually diving, but she would mentally go through it. And she did that for hours and hours a day, never getting in the water. There were swimmers that were there that were practicing that would laugh and be like, what in the world is this crazy woman doing? And her diving teammates, a lot of them kids, she was in her early 20s at this point. These kids would, her diving teammates would cheer her on and be like, great job. I didn't even see a splash. Obviously, she never went in the water. There was no splash. But I just loved the attitude of support they had for her and the attitude of hope that she had. So the U.S. Olympic trials came around. And she made her first U.S. Olympic team. When the Olympics rolled around in 2000, she was going up against the best in the world. She still had to wear a special shoe on her foot because her foot had not fully healed. She was in last place in the finals, but she never gave up. She always went up there determined to do her best, and she ended up so unexpectedly, to everyone else but her, winning the Olympic gold medal. And it's such a powerful story because if she had had a fixed mindset, she absolutely would have said, well, I can't dive, so I can't dive, and just given up. And she would have given up an Olympic gold medal. What are you facing in your life right now that feels impossible, that feels illogical? My encouragement to you is to pray about it and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because you can do the impossible. How do you want me to leave the door open? How do you want me to add the word yet to this situation that feels hopeless? Another story that I love is Safan Hassan, also an Olympian. She ran the 10,000 meters. And in one of the pre-heats, 
at the Olympics. It was the last lap of the 10,000 meters. It was a tight race. Somebody in front of her tripped, which also tripped her. So she fell to the ground, was in last place as the bell was ringing for the last lap. And this is the Olympics. This is the best in the world. In that moment, she could have said, well, I fell. I'm at the very back with the last lap of the 10,000 meter run. There's no way I can win this. But instead, she said, yet. So she got up. She started running. She passed one person, two people, three people, four people. She ended up winning, passing everyone in one single lap and winning that heat. She went on to win multiple gold medals in that Olympics. In what situation in life do you have right now that you feel like you've fallen down and it's hopeless? Maybe it's your morning routine. Maybe it's your walk with God. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's work. My encouragement again to you is to join hands with God and say, God, what do you want in this situation? How can I leave the door open? How can I add the word yet and leave room for hope in my life? You might think, well, those are all great Olympians. Those are great people, people who have succeeded. I also love the story of Derek Redmond. I promise I'm done with Olympic examples in just a second, but I think this is an important one to add. He was a runner uh, for Great Britain. And he was supposed to win a medal for Great Britain in the 400 meters. And he ended up tearing his hamstring in one of the heats before the finals. Obviously, in the 400 meter, there's no recovering from falling completely on the ground with a torn hamstring. So in that moment, he could have said, well, I'm done. There's no hope of me winning. I'm just going to stop. But instead, he may not have won the race. But he won his integrity. He won in character. He won in relationship because he got back up and just clutching his thigh, which had just ripped, he hobbled down the track. And his dad pushed through the crowd, pushed past the security people, runs out onto the track and wraps around his arms around his son. And they journey their whole lives towards this Olympic moment. And this is not the one they'd hoped for. But they decided to finish the race together. And it absolutely captured the heart of the world. And to this day, Derek Redman travels around speaking, sharing about that story and the inspiration that we can have in finishing the race. So having a growth mindset doesn't always mean we're going to win. It doesn't always mean it's going to turn out like we want it to turn out. But we leave the door open for hope. A few more stories before I get into some practicals for you. I love the story of Laura Ingalls. You may have read her books, Little House on the Prairie, a whole series, a whole television show shaped around her series, and just an amazing life that she lived. Did you know she didn't write her first book until she was in her 60s? Not, 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 not a single book before then. Julia Child did not start cooking until her 40s. Grandma Moses, the famous painter who's painted thousands of Americana-style paintings, did not start painting until she was an octogenarian in her 80s. It's not up to us to decide what is possible and what isn't possible. We want to have the mindset that I can grow, I can learn. And we want to also have the wisdom to say, God, where are you leading me to grow and learn? I don't have to be great at everything. 
but I want to be great at what you made me for and what you called me to. So a few practicals on this. One, notice. Notice when you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. It can be to the smallest thing if there is a relationship that you're in and even a particular topic and you think, oh, you know, this is never going to change. That's a fixed mindset. Notice that, journal about it, and pray about it. In other areas of your life, you're thinking about your health or about your ability to do detailed things or your tidiness or how well you keep up with, with different tasks around your home, your ability to cook. Whatever it might be, notice whether you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And as you begin noticing those things, I would encourage you to journal so that you can see the patterns and maybe even identify the lies that the enemy is trying to speak over you. God says that all things are possible through him. We don't need to be limited by the lies of the enemy. Notice what the patterns are in your ability to believe that you can grow and change in the areas where you don't believe that. And then I would encourage you to find scriptures that you can cling to in those moments. One encouragement that I also want to give you is that in this process, when you do quote-unquote fail at something, I want you to remember a very important truth. And that is that failure is an indicator. It is not an identity. Too often when we fail at something, let's say we fail a math class and we say, I am not good at math. Well, that's not true. You may have not succeeded in that moment. It's an indicator that maybe I need to study harder. It's an indicator that maybe I need a tutor. It's an indicator that I don't really enjoy this particular subject. But it is not an identity. To say I am not good at math is taking on an identity that God didn't give us. We can acknowledge that maybe there are things we prefer or don't prefer, things where we thrive or don't thrive, but it is not an identity. And I think it's important the words that we speak over ourselves, the things that we say about ourselves. So notice that as well. If you say, I'm just a late person, that's an identity. We want it to be an indicator. Oh, I was late. That indicates I need to leave earlier. That indicates I need to set an alarm to be on time. That indicates I might need a reminder from a friend before I'm supposed to meet with them so I can get there on time. When you don't succeed at something, when you don't meet your own expectations, it is an indicator and it is not an identity. Your only identity is a child of God. And there are no limitations on that. Finally, I want to encourage you to do something that we don't ever really talk about. <laughs> I have a couple of girls in college, and before they went off to college, we did a self-defense class. And we often think about physical self-defense. But how often do we ever practice mental self-defense? Now, this might sound a little silly, but it's actually really powerful. So in Taekwondo, which is the style of self-defense that I study, there are four principles, and those are to avoid, protect, defend, and escape. And in that order, avoid, you want to avoid the danger, you want to protect, you want to protect yourself, you want to defend, you want to kind of hopefully get rid of the attacker, whatever the situation is, and you want to escape, you want to get out of there. That makes sense physically. Obviously, that's what we all want to do. But how often do we apply those principles to our mental well-being? When we have a fixed mindset and we start thinking these negative thoughts about ourselves, 
we need to apply these four principles. I don't know about you, but I can get on Instagram and immediately feel attacked emotionally, mentally, start thinking I have a fixed mindset of I'm terrible at decorating my house. I'm a bad home decorator or I am bad at fashion or I'm bad at whatever it might be. When you open up Instagram, and obviously Instagram is just an example, you could apply this a billion different ways, but I know a lot of us deal with comparison. Then putting an identity on ourselves, saying that we are, you know, not good at this or not good at that. So one thing that you can do to avoid comparison on Instagram would be to just stop following the people that make you feel bad. That doesn't mean they're bad people. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. But it does mean that I have some sort of personal reaction to what they post that's not healthy for me. So I just maybe need to avoid following them. I can keep up with them in life. I can love them. But following them is not a blessing. So we can avoid by not following. We can protect. We can protect our mental well-being and our opinions of ourselves and our hope that we have by following people that inspire us, that encourage us, that challenge us in the best ways possible, and choosing who we're going to fill our feed with. Then we can defend ourselves. When we do have that post come up that triggers that comparison in us, we can have a verse that we cling to. Maybe it's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. We can know that God has plans for us that are different from that person, and we don't need to feel comparison to them. We can cling to what God has made us for. So we can avoid, not follow people that we don't need to follow. We can protect. We can choose what to fill our feed with. We can defend. We can have scriptures at the ready to fight off the lies that the enemy wants to speak over us. And then finally, we can escape. Maybe we just need to take a break from Instagram. We just need to step back and say, this is not a blessing to me right now. So what situations in your life do you have where you need to practice mental self-defense, where you feel like you have a fixed mindset and it's not allowing you to grow or thrive? Try practicing mental self-defense. Avoid, protect, defend, and escape. Now, this might also apply, let me just give you one other example, to, you know, failure. If you're trying to do something new. Let's say you're trying to build a morning routine and you might think, I just can't. I'm just not a morning person. Now, let me clarify here. Morning routine doesn't need to be 100 hours. It can be just three minutes. So it doesn't matter if you're a morning person or not. So we can avoid that fixed mindset by just thinking forward. When we fail at something, when we feel like we're not doing well at something, we often look back to prove to ourselves that we can't do it. Well, I've never been good at this. So what we need to do to avoid this feeling of failure is to think forward. We're thinking about what we're going to do next to reach this goal instead of thinking backwards towards why we've not done it. And if we're thinking forwards, we're taking action, we're doing the thing. So we can avoid the feeling of failure by just thinking forward because we can't fail in the future. Failure is only something that has happened in the past. And remember, failure is just an indicator that something needs to be tweaked. It's not an identity of who you are. The way that we can protect when we have failed something, quote unquote, failed something that we're trying to do is that we can notice and not judge. So if I'm not thriving at, at building a morning routine, I can notice, oh, I slept through my alarm. That's interesting. Instead of saying, 
oh, I slept through my alarm. I'm a terrible person. Remember, it's an indicator, not an identity. So we want to just notice. Oh, I notice I opened Instagram before reading my Bible this morning. That's interesting. I wonder why I did that. We're noticing instead of judging. We're saying, oh, that's interesting instead of, oh, I'm terrible. Because who wants to keep going at something that makes them feel terrible? But we do want to keep going when something makes us curious. And if we're curious and we notice, well, that didn't work. I wonder why. We'll keep going. And again, defend. There's no better defense than scripture. Have a scripture at the ready that you can use to fight the lies of the enemy. And then escape. This is my favorite, I guess, mental self-defense when it comes to beginning to think fixed mindset thoughts about myself or feeling failure or feeling like I'm comparing myself. And that is to pray specifically for somebody who needs Jesus. I get my mind off of myself. I am praying for salvation for someone who needs the hope of Jesus. And if I do that, every time the enemy tries to attack me with lies about how I'm not good enough, I don't know that he's going to want to keep going. (laughs) So my encouragement to you is to have a growth mindset, to practice mental self-defense, avoid, protect, defend, and escape. And to remember that when things don't go well, it's just an indicator that something needs to be tweaked. It is not your identity because your identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. All month long, we're going to be talking about this growth mindset, how we can learn, how we can grow, and how we can have a right perspective and leave the door open for hope. I hope you'll join us. You can follow along on Instagram. If you are a member of the Hello Mornings Academy, you can dive into our daily podcast where I give one tip every single day. If you're a member of the Hello Mornings Academy, we also have a daily journal that you can fill out and track along with us. But I've also given you a ton of content in here that you can take action on today. And I'd love to hear what's the one takeaway that you want to take action on. I'd love for you to let us know. You can let us know on Instagram. You can let us know in the comments on YouTube. But I'd love to hear how you're going to take action from this information. And uh, if you need more information about building a great morning routine, head over to hellomornings.org and download our three-minute morning kit. Now, my name is Catley, and I'm so grateful that you gave of your time today to join me. And I hope this has inspired you. I hope it's encouraged you to believe that God has so much for you. And there is so much hope for your life and for the plans that he has for you. And I hope we've inspired you to wake up for your life and not just to your life. I'll see you on the next episode of the Hell Morning Show. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. Gonna be a good day, a good day filled with his grace, his grace and sweet new mercy. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in his way by his spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day. This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.